0: So today on the episode, we've got Kira, not Sierra. Not Sierra. Um, Wallace is your last name, aka Muscle Missy. Yes. Super excited to have her on. Um, You just asked me, when did I learn about you when I started following you on Instagram? And it was quite a while ago. Um, I think when I, because you've been posting on Instagram for a long time, consistently, right?
1: Yeah, it's been probably...
0: Because I was going to say, I've probably been following you for like five years. Wow. Yeah. Because when I moved to Bozeman in 2016, um, yeah, I think that's when I started following you. And, and like you had like a pretty small following, but you were pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And then I moved away and everything and I just moved back and I kind of like refollowed followed you. Um, but yeah, how long were you, how long have you been growing your Instagram for?
1: So I've actually had the Instagram account. For close to five years now, but it didn't really expand to the level it's at right now until about seven months ago. So that's been like the really exponential growth. I was always posting consistently. Mm -hmm. um, And it was something that I started as like my online journal in college to document my fitness. Were you,
0: uh, were you in school when you started it?
1: Mm hmm. Okay. So I was a freshman actually at the University of Arizona in Tucson. Yep. And I started it then, and I wanted to create a separate account from my personal account so that friends, family, people that knew me okay. wouldn't find it. Oh, like I yeah. I just wanted yeah. it to be. Was it like a, a fitness account? To, yes. Okay. So, so I had my own personal account, and I wanted a separate fitness account. Okay. So I could just post without anyone I knew seeing or judging. Not that they would judge. Yeah. It was just kind of um, something I wanted to keep private for a while. Right. Um, and kinda like how we mentioned earlier, before um something actually becomes like a business or a project or a success, I didn't mm. want anyone to see it until it had grown. Okay. Or if it would grow. So I started with zero followers yep. uh five years ago and I posted I said I would post every day on the account until I hit a thousand followers. Oh wow. So I did that. Uh-huh. Um until I hit a thousand and I was really excited to hit a thousand. And then it took me a while to get 2,000, and then 3,000. I think I was at um, 3,000 in 2020, and then uh, last year I was at 5,000. Wow! And then in January to April, it went from
0: 5,000 to 23, 20, 23,000. Mm-hmm. Wow! So was the whole goal to be like a fitness influencer, like from starting the account?
1: No. Really? I never had the intention of being a fitness influencer, and I don't even now consider yeah, myself. Yeah, micro-influencer, like inf- for <laughs> like sure. Micro-influencer. For Montana, I would say so.
0: <laughs> well, Montana you. doesn't have a lot of fitness influencers at all.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not as popular uh-huh. of a route to go, but that wasn't my intention with it. I think I just wanted documentation to see uh, the changes and progress that I made physically. Yeah. So I had a goal of, be- of competing in bodybuilding mm-hmm. and I was starting from ground zero. I was not athletic, mm-hmm. didn't play sports in high school or anything. So you did music though. Yes. I did. You music. Sang. Yes. <laughs> so I sang and so uh-huh. that was my original career path and I okay. had no intention of being an athlete. Wow. Um, So So what were you
0: going to school for at the time when you were...
1: um, I had a scholarship as an opera major. So I'm an opera singer, and that was my original career path.
0: Do you still tap into that? I do. Okay.
1: But in small ways, like I'll sing for weddings, sporting events, the National Anthem, private events. But I no longer do it as like my full-fledged career. When Mm -hmm. I started studying it in college, I just realized... I didn't want to live that lifestyle right. of being constantly on the road, like a starving artist. Mm-hmm. You have to 150% want okay. to make it. And even then, you don't know if you'll make it into the top tier percentage and actually make good money. Mm. Um, so it's a really risky. Career. So
0: you wanted to do it professionally yes. as an opera singer? Yes. Wow.
1: From when I was about 12 to 20,
0: okay, I was pursuing that. So what made you decide fitness? We're you like, um, I'm going into fitness from not being an athlete before.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I always wanted to look like an athlete. Like I just loved that physical mm-hmm. look overall. Yeah. Um so I never made it onto any sports teams in high school that I tried out. You tried for. out though? Oh yes. Okay. Um, but I just was not athletic or naturally good at it, you okay. Could say. So when I got into college, it was just kind of like a fun outlet for me was to go to the gym. Mm. Um, and especially since I wasn't a part of any other sports yep. and I always noticed that athletes kind of got attention and were noticed, yeah, for looked, sure. you know, great. So, um, I think I just started going to the gym for the fun of it. And I mm. saw this girl in the gym that looked incredible, mm-hmm. like, just awesome, and I thought I have no idea what she does, but I want to f- like find out and ask her, so I did, and she said that she did bikini fitness competitions, okay, and I had never heard of that, I had no idea what it was, so I went home and googled it, and I saw all these pictures of girls in mm-hmm. these awesome bikinis all dressed up, yeah, and I was like, I want to do that, okay, so I set a goal um that I would compete in two years mm. And so I hired a coach. I built for about a year How old and were and you half. at I was the time? 18.
0: When you first started training?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So I was
1: 18 and I did I built for a year and a half, cut for like 6 months and did my first show when I was 20.
0: Okay. And how did you do?
1: I did really well. I got second place, so I was nationally qualified in oh, my wow. first show. Okay. Which is really good. Um and that was just at a local level in Montana. Mm. And I wanted to be really competitive in it. And when I did get to that level and I got the feedback from the judges, um, they said that I had like a really great genetic potential for going pro in the industry, which mm-hmm. is, no one ever told me before. I never had that aesthetic look before, so that was really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided that instead of going on to do a national show, I wanted to take another two years off. Okay. To build, to change my physique, so yep. that when I came back to the stage, I'd be a lot more competitive. Okay. So I built for two years. Two more years. Cut for um, like eight months and did another
0: show. That's a long cut, right? Yes. Eight months. Yes. Okay.
1: Super long cut.
0: Gotcha. Now, how did you get the name muscle Missy though? What, <laughs> where did that come from?
1: Um, it's a good name. Yeah, I like the name a lot and it's kind of funny how it came up. I think a lot of people think my name is Missy as well. just mm-hmm. because. Of or Sierra name. or Sierra, <laughs> but never my actual yeah. Sierra. Um, so muscle Missy came with when I wanted to create, an Instagram account. I didn't want it to just be, like a lot of people at the time were creating fitness accounts and mm-hmm. it, it was always like their name, like Kira Wallace Fitness. Fit, yeah. Yeah, Kira Wallace uh-huh. Fit or something. Yep. And so that's what everyone was doing. Okay. And a lot of... Um, fitness influencers that I did admire had like a really cool name. Like at the time I was really into this gal named Heidi Somers, who is yeah. and mm-hmm. I was like, that is such a cool iconic name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's honey buns fit. And so there was a bunch of different ones. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I could create that could be fun right. and iconic like that. And also something different so that people wouldn't find my fitness account. Yeah. I was really <laughs> wanting to keep it. Why were like you keeping it secret? I think I was really embarrassed because in high school I really wasn't known as athletic. Mm. Um, and so I thought that everyone would think it was a bit of a joke that I was trying to be an athlete.
0: Right. Now this fitness girl when you never were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense.
1: And so um, I just, I think I felt embarrassed because it wasn't a part of my identity at all. And I didn't look that, the part at all when I was creating it. Mm-hmm. So, like when I first built the account, it wasn't like I was like, um, someone that you looked an, uh, yeah. like an athlete. Finishing second in your first, yeah, you weren't yeah. that yet. I wasn't at that level yet. So to create a fitness account and not look the part was also hard for me, but I really was determined to just have something to document. And mm-hmm. so even though I didn't look the part when I started the account, I wanted to kind of earn that mm. and see the process. Yeah. Um, so when it came to the name of it, I was, Uh, actually my mom, who I'm really close with, was just kind of helping me with different names, different concepts. I kind of wanted something more feminine, cutesy that like went with my personality. Um, and I was actually going between, uh, Iron Maiden. Okay. Um, but someone actually already had that account. And then I was playing with the word fit, the word muscle and, um, my mom actually was the one that came up with it. Came up with Muscle Missy, nice. and I loved it from the start. And so I just created that, and it's kind of funny how that's become a big part of my identity.
0: Do you have your other Instagram business. anymore? Um, your your uh, private, I don't. so your I private, don't. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So now this is kind of my just platform to yeah. share everything from cool. health, fitness, my life overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's my main account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think
0: a name is important because you think of like. The Liver King, you know him? Yeah. He's blown up huge over the last year and a half. And like, I don't know, like a lot of people have like this kind of separate identity, which like builds them up, like uh, Buff Bunny. Yeah. Who else has some big names like that? Do you know of anyone else or was it really just Buff Bunny that was... Buff
1: Bunny had a great name. Um, There's another girl, Honey Buns Fit, I thought was a fun one. Um I don't I don't know of too many iconic okay. names now. Yeah. A lot of it was just fit. Something was it? fit, something fit. Yeah. Or Buff Barbie. I think was another one. Okay. That's a good so one. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't intend for it to become an actual business which right. is now. It's like what a it bit. is, it's turned into my personal training business and a brand. Like Muscle Missy is my brand. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So let's tra- backtrack a little bit. So you um, 18 years old, started training for your first show. Mm-hmm. 20 years old is when you had your first show. Yeah. You're still in college at this point in Arizona?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I transferred back to Montana State because I okay. switched career paths. Okay. I no longer could have my music scholarship if I wasn't uh, pursuing okay. music. So I came back to Bozeman. Okay. Um, and I never had a plan B. I always wanted to be a singer. Mm. So I was just going to college to get like basic credits out of the way, and I had no idea Just doing your generals. what I wanted to study otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Did
0: you graduate from MSU?
1: Yeah, but I actually took a semester off to figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. And that's when I got my personal training certification. Oh, nice. And I got my health coaching certification and I became a personal trainer, health coach. So I did that on my semester off. And actually when I went back to school, I went to the culinary program at MSU
0: through Gallatin mm-hmm. oh really mm-hmm. so you're one of the first people to do that yeah um Super so cool. that's a newer program so yeah. I
1: graduated last spring with my culinary
0: degree oh heck yeah yeah okay so it's been really cool so okay so let me get these this timeline straight how long did it take you I'll, I'll say this because one of my good buddies Jack he probably follows you too he's he's a big fitness guy in the area not like as far as a following goes but he's he's pretty big you Yeah. Know? he loves fitness and he's been wanting to leave, I'm going to put him on blast, but uh-huh. his detailing job to get yeah. into the fitness industry and be a personal trainer. Okay. So like how how should Jack make the transition to being, because he wants to do like online coaching like you, like mm-hmm. he wants to grow his Instagram, he wants to have like a completely like online business yeah. where he can travel because he loves surfing, he loves skiing. Um, so like what's your advice for like Jack or for other people that want to get into the online coaching business?
1: Want to go that route? Uh Uh, I think now is actually an incredible time and an opportunity to move your business online. Mm -hmm. So many things are remote um, working online and I actually always had a coach for my competitions that was all online. So they never even met me and brought me into like incredible conditioning Mm -hmm. for a show. So I definitely think it's possible and, um, a great time to pursue becoming an online coach. Mm-hmm. I would start with not stressing about the following. like I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do stress about how many followers they have, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that that's not important, right, but um, I think getting the education and the background, so it sounds like he's already really passionate about fitness and has very passionate about fitness, yeah for himself, yeah, which is the first step because you are the first advertisement to your mm-hmm. business. So I think he's already on the right path that he looks the part. Yeah, um, I'll show you. I'll show you <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so from there, um, do you, does he have his personal training certification or any education on that yet?
0: He doesn't have a certificate. No, I mean, he's like studied it like uh-huh. through podcast, YouTube, reading, things like that, but no certification Yeah. to prove credibility or whatever. For sure. Do you think that's important to get that credibility?
1: I do. And not even that I think, and I'm not trying to discredit any online um, (laughs) programs here about personal training, but I really do think that you learn the most about personal training and personal training other people through doing it yourself and going through trial and error yourself. So um, being able to build muscle for yourself, being able to lose body fat. um, If you have a goal of some sort of fitness pursuit, whether it's like a powerlifting competition, bodybuilding, anything just so that you're putting yourself in the shoes of what your client might Mm want to go through at some point. So also Mm -hmm. I think it depends what kind of clientele he wants. Like if he just wants general fitness lifestyle clients, awesome, be the walk and talk for that. Mm -hmm. If he wants to coach people and specifically like strength training, powerlifting, um, put yourself through that. Okay. So that you're an example of Do you think it's important to
0: niche down if you like wanna get started, don't just do everything? Do you think it's like I'm doing like functional fitness or I'm doing bodybuilding or I'm doing whatever?
1: Um, I would take like the clients that you can get. I do think it's important just to like get experience. Okay. But I do think it's important to have a particular um interest for yourself. Yep. So that you can continue to put that into practice and attract the kind of clientele that you want to niche down in the future. So I think personal trainers can start just being general personal trainers for people that maybe just want to lose weight, lifestyle, whatever it might be, but say he's really passionate that, wow, I really just want to Mm -hmm. train people for overall strength and max out reps, whatever that may be, that he kind of do that for himself and, um, eventually like just slowly take on clients that are really interested in that. Okay. And over time, I think you just naturally develop your niche by what you're passionate about and mm-hmm. what you start pursuing.
0: Were you reaching out to people online saying, Hey, this is what I do. I'd love to coach you. Or were they all reaching out to you?
1: At the point that I moved it online, they mm-hmm. were all reaching out to me. Okay. I've actually never sought out okay. a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that that is not a path to go down. Yeah, Um, Seems
0: pretty rare for starting out. so that's
1: why I don't want to give anyone the discredit that I think it is important to, when you're developing your business, trying to find clientele, reach out to people, advertise and market. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, I was an impersonal personal trainer, and so I had all the clientele there. Mm. But um, when it moved to online, it was kind of just, I never thought of moving it online. It was that my whole platform was asking me hey, like, do you do personal training? Do you training? have something to accommodate? Do you have an yeah, opening? Yeah. Do you have an availability? Do you do training programs? And um, I hadn't. And so then I thought, well, okay. maybe I'll just try it and see if it's a good fit. Uh-huh. Um, and so during COVID, I built a lot of programs. I worked on my online brand, mm. developing a website, a blog, all of that. And since the clientele were reaching out to me, I just felt like it was actually a really good thing to dive into. Okay. And so that's how I've been able to do it, but everyone's path is really different.
0: So kind of the forced shutdown of COVID really launched your career. Yeah. Cause it forced you to go hundred percent online pretty much.
1: It did. Uh-huh. It, I think that was definitely the best thing that could have happened. For sure. I really like having it online. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, I do miss like that social outlet and that interaction Yeah. of being with clients one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But, um, I have, like, weekly Zoom calls where I'm able to, like, connect with them face-to-face in a different kind of way. But still chatting with them and having that personal connection is just not that Mm -hmm. in-person. With that being said, I still would like to kind of have a 50-50 mix. Okay. And so at some point, I would like to go back in the gym in and person, probably yeah. take
0: on clients like 50% online yeah. and then the other half in person. I feel yeah. So what, I'm really curious, what grew you from 5,000 to 23,000? Was it one video that went viral? Yeah. Okay. I've heard the, this yeah. with one of my buddy's wives went from like 1,800 to 68,000. Wow. With one video that got like 11 million views. That's amazing. Uh-huh.
1: And um, it's kind of crazy that that can happen now. So when... I first started social media, you didn't have reels. Yeah. And you weren't really posting videos. It was just photos like this is 5 I mean, years ago. Yeah, oh yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you remember I, think I had an Instagram in like yeah.
0: 2014. Yeah. So yeah.
1: For sure. So Instagram was just different back then and you just posted photos <laughs> of Quality your food was like yeah. <laughs> like
0: my plate of my yeah. meal is what I posted back in the day. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my mash, like whatever I ate that day.
1: It <laughs> I'm was just super bad. That. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I just remember. Yeah, even I keep all my posts so that I can kind of like look back on them and mm. you can see the quality difference and the quality change. Yeah. But back to your question, yeah. So I had never done videos before; it was just photos. Yep. And then when people were saying that now Instagram is focusing on reels, mm. it's always nerve wracking to have to. Change what you just got comfortable doing. So I think like I just got comfortable with having, you know, five thousand followers and just posting photos, and now I had to expand and figure out how to entertain people through video. Um, and I didn't know how to do reels or any of that. So basically, I would just hear an audio, like when you're so search- like searching on um reels overall, and you're just looking at reels for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just hear audios and be like, "Oh, I feel like I could use that, but translate it to fitness or okay. something. Put that related. audio over your video or something. Yeah, Got yeah, because okay. you can use a lot of the audios." Um, for different businesses, okay, like it's just kind of, um, a broad sense of however you want to use the audio. Mm. I feel like it can translate to different businesses, brands, niches. You Mm -hmm. just have to find your twist on it. Okay. Um, but oddly enough, the video that went viral had absolutely nothing to do with fitness. Really? What was it? (laughs) Um, you can, I can go back and show you, I think it has almost, it has 6.8 million. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like a, 20 second video of me just like dancing and lip singing over Fergie.
0: Okay. Nice. (laughs) I like it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So super short clip and I was not in anything fitness. I was in a white button up Mm -hmm. and jeans and for some reason that video went viral. So maybe I'll like show you what video that was, but that one went viral and that had, um, 6.8 million. And then I had a transformation video that I filmed on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I only use TikTok for like looking at recipes and I had never actually posted content. Mm -hmm. And then I just created a transformation video of when I first started and what I looked like in my last competition, which was last year. Mm -hmm. And that one um, got over 5 million views on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I gained... I have 63,000 on TikTok okay. just from like a viral video, Yeah. transformation video. Okay.
0: I've got a really interesting question for you. Let's hear it. So just from like my research and following you for at least knowing of you for a while, yeah. um, you're a Christian, right? Or no? I what? Are you a Christian?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Okay. I've yeah. Se- I think I've seen you at church before, right?
1: Yes.
0: How do you think as a Christian, like being in the whole bodybuilding industry, like how do you think, like, where is it? Is there negative light that comes from that? Like, do you feel like a pressure because like, you know, I'm wearing bikinis, I'm showing off, I'm doing all these things. Um, do you feel like a weird, do you ever feel like any conflicts? I mean, I personally don't like, I love health and fitness. A lot of my buddies are in health and fitness, bodybuilding, those types of things. But as a, as a female, do you feel like a pressure being a Christian being in the whole industry or not really? 100%.
1: Okay. And it's definitely something I've had conflict with. Um, I actually grew up in a really reserved household. And I didn't grow up as a Christian. It was a lot more um, of a strict religion. And so for me, um, there was never this idea that I would be an athlete or Mm -hmm. especially... Do something like being on stage yeah. being judged in a tiny bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did actually start doing that, um, I was a bit at conflict. Like, is this something that aligns right. with my belief system?
0: Or with how people are going to judge you. Yeah, maybe yeah. like
1: how will people perceive it. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I got into the bodybuilding industry, I think... Um, it really changed my perspective on the body Mm -hmm. in a positive, in a positive and a negative way. I think, um, with competing, being in a bikini wasn't about like showing off and like, look how great my body is. Right. It was more not looking at the body, um, sexually, but as like a muscle Mm -hmm. and as like this hard work that you've put into it. And so for me, like a sculpture you created, aspect. yeah, it's like a
0: beautiful thing. Not like, I mean, it's both things, but like, it doesn't always have to be a sexual thing.
1: Absolutely, you know I mean? and so. um, I think being around other people in the bodybuilding world and just realizing that none of them thought of this as like a mm-hmm. sexualized sport at all. It yeah. really was for the sport of it. Competing, yeah, the competing of it was for the intensity of it. I mean. The thirty seconds on stage, yes, you're in like a small bikini and being judged on it. But the entire work of years and months building and cutting, Mm -hmm. like that whole work ethic, is what you're showcasing on stage. And I so I think for me, putting it in that light of like um, not sexualizing the sport, but it really being. Like mm-hmm. the work that I've done and being able to showcase that, yeah, and um and just having everyone in the sport seeing it as that as well. Like you're showing your muscle and your hard work and your body, and it's not about how great you look in a right, right. Exactly, that's just the outfit that happens to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the hard work, but yeah, it has. It would a be hard.
0: because, like, I mean, I grew up Christian and am, okay. so the whole you know the modest thing about Christian, like the the beliefs of being modest. Um, You know, like that's where you make a transition into competing in bodybuilding. It's like, you're no longer modest, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I could imagine from a female's perspective, because a male, it's like, we have shorts on, you know, their board shorts or whatever, or their little, whatever the dudes wear.
1: Yeah. Depending on your category, sometimes you have to wear a Speedo, but yeah, for the most part you're in board shorts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I can imagine it is hard for, harder for women to get over that edge of like, is this what I, like this go against my morals? Yeah. When it shouldn't, you know, if you're doing it.
1: Yeah. So. Um, and I think following a lot of girls that are pros in the bikini bodybuilding industry and have really mm-hmm. strong faith, like belief systems, and they showcase that on social media too. Mm-hmm. So I think by me following them and having them as an example of girls that were Christians and um, that really had a strong faith, but had this work ethic and mm-hmm. love for this sport and finding a way to like respect their bodies, themselves, the sport, while also yeah. having their faith. But it is hard because, um, like on any social media platform or in general, you are going to have people that judge and say that you're in the wrong and you're not right. representing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just like learned that with social media, that no matter what I do, like I'm not going to please every yeah. um, section of, of, of people or all of my followers, and there will be people that approve of some of the things that I do mm-hmm. and disapprove no matter what it is.
0: Yeah. Do you, or do you ever talk about that on social media about the yeah. conflict or not the conflict that you have, but the, the societal conflict of being a Christian and competing?
1: For sure. Do you talk yeah. about that ever? Or not really. Um, I would say I haven't dived too much in just the Christian aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I talk a lot about like that. I have spirituality and faith and mm-hmm. I try to make that transparent through my posts, mm-hmm. um, but I am very open about what, um, I guess, hate comments mm-hmm. and uh, cyberbullying I mm-hmm. get so that people can see that I don't just get positive, kind right. attention on social media mm-hmm. and that having social media comes with a price. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of people that are really mean and, oh, there's, yeah. um, and you can say I'm in the right or in the wrong and mm-hmm. I don't say that I am or I'm not. I'm just open about what I experience, about what people say, whether it's good or bad. You'll always have people like that, but I mm-hmm. do try and be as transparent as possible that I have a faith that a lot of the decisions I make, because also like being on um, Instagram, sometimes I feel like that um, is hard because... In the fitness industry you are showing your body mm-hmm. and that's a big part of your platform for sure so that can be hard sometimes because mm-hmm. i am trying to not make it um feel sexual or
0: right
1: have that energy behind it mm-hmm. but in the sport it is kind of showing right, right, right. a bit of you know your progress mm-hmm. and uh, i remember i showed a lot of progress pictures a lot of progress videos and some people really appreciate it and love it. And then you do have that small percentage that are yeah. you know, saying you shouldn't showcase. Do
0: the uh, hate comments get under your skin? Do they bother you?
1: Last year it was really, really hard mm-hmm. um, because my social media grew so fast that I wasn't able to actually like process Mm. or keep up with who is following me or who is connecting with me. I think when I just had Instagram, I just had a small platform of like three to 5,000 people. And I felt like I literally knew so many of those Mm -hmm. people and I had talked to a lot of them in my messages for years. And Mm -hmm. then, um, when I created a TikTok account, um, and I can even like show some of the messages, but when I created that viral video, it actually wasn't, in a positive viral way, mm. it was actually really negative. Oh, really? So most of it was all not like positive, like wow, I what? can't believe like you made that transformation. It was mostly viral because it was like um, you're promoting an unhealthy body, an unrealistic body expectation. You're a poor example to like women oh my of gosh. what they think they should look like. Um, I had comments of. People um, and
0: thousands of these comments, I'm assuming. Thousands,
1: thousands. I have. I had to stop reading because they were really, really hard. So at first, when I first received them, and I've never received that kind of like attention before, it was yeah. all negative. And so people were saying that I looked like a concentration camp survivor, or that I need to eat something because oh my um, I look emaciated, ugly. Um, I'll, so it was awful oh my. for most of it, and it was really hard for me to receive that at first because I wasn't used to it. Yeah. Um, and it was people I didn't know. Uh huh. And so, uh, and I had just put in so much work to look like that.
0: Was this like transformation right before a show? Like you have just really? cut a ton?
1: Yeah, so I lost about 30 pounds. Okay. The show. And so I looked really different, but yeah, um, for sure. I wasn't promoting. That it was good or bad. It's just what I looked like yeah. for the sport. It was a
0: transformation that you went mm-hmm. through. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but a lot of people hated it and said that wow. it was horrible to look like that and that they felt sorry for me and that I looked like oh I was gosh. about to die and that I should take uh, you know, my videos down, that I shouldn't That's be insane. on a platform promoting to women in any way. And so it was really, really hard for last year kind of seeing those comments and now I'm... Unf- not unfortunately, but I'm so used to just mm-hmm. receiving both positive and negative yep. commentary now. Um, because once you develop a platform to a certain degree, like yeah. that just happens. So, um, I think I've grown a lot because of receiving those comments sure. and having to just kind of feel into that and not take it personally to realize that, well, you know, it's real. That right? that, yeah. The people that are mm-hmm. saying that, um, I think have an insecurity of their own and mm-hmm. are just projecting maybe their anger or their feelings on a stranger that they don't know. Cause those people don't know me personally yeah. and have no reason to make those judgment calls. But, um, it helped me learn and grow a lot. I'm actually really appreciative that I had that whole experience. And, um, yeah. so I do get a lot of that still on social media, but, uh, now they don't bother me. As do you much. get them? You,
0: you probably don't get them as much anymore. Not as much anymore.
1: Okay. Um, it was mainly through a lot of those transformation videos when I was extremely lean for the sport and people just not yeah understanding that it was for a sport and it wasn't like a lifestyle look I was trying to. It's still
0: hard because in door-to-door sales, I mean, I would knock on 150 doors, 200 doors a day. Um, sometimes 100, just depends. Wow. And like we do this six days a week, we do this a long time. So like probably, like I said, like 100000 doors over a career. It's a lot of people. And I've had people like in Texas pull guns on me. I've had people cuss me out. I've had people go to their sign, like pick up their no soliciting sign in their yard and like shove it in my face. I've had people like, I'm just walking down the road and they're like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? Get out of our, you know, like people just call the cops on me more times than I can count. And at first you get like really, like a lot of people quit the door industry because it's.
1: I was going to say what made you keep going.
0: Um, I don't know. I think I dropped out of school. So I was like, I have to do this. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no choice. But like, yeah, after a while, you kind of just get used to it. And you know yourself, you're like, I have no malicious intent here. Yeah, I'm doing absolutely. my job. And uh, you learn to like, let it roll off. But yeah. it is a learning curve to deal with hateful people especially when they're in your face
1: absolutely and it's hurtful I think when you're young too you um it's natural just as human nature you want people to like you you want people to like what you're doing Mm -hmm. especially when you have a good intention overall Mm -hmm. and so I think to have that bad rap yeah um of people just attacking you yeah and um in an unexpected way and unintentional I think at first that's just kind of scary and then you sit with it a bit and you're like, all right, yeah. I know who I am.
0: I know it hurts your fragile attention. ego at yeah. that age. just like, how dare they think that it's like in reality doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, but I care so much about what they think. I'm going to let it ruin my day.
1: Absolutely. So
0: absolutely. My fragile ego at that point. Um, so I was looking on your website, MuscleMissy.com. Mm-hmm. So you do online training, but you also do nutrition coaching.
1: Yes.
0: Now, have like, I kind of was like looking at some of your posts too, and you seem like you cook some amazing desserts Thank you. at the, what was it? The, um, like the cinnamon rolls, protein cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Um, now do you build nutrition plans for people too, or do you just yes. do? Okay.
1: I do. So I'm a certified, um, health coach with okay. like nutrition training as well as personal training. All through NASM. Or uh, or NASM, NASM or and then, uh, the, okay. um, nutrition and health coaching was through a different program called IIN Instagram. Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So both of those are separate certifications. I've always had a huge passion for food. I'm a big foodie. I love food. I love food. So for <laughs> me, it was like, I didn't want to give up like the joys of food uh, yeah, while yeah. like living, um, like a fit lifestyle. Like uh-huh. I did the whole bro diet of just like chicken, chicken, rice, rice <laughs> spinach. Potatoes. and I actually got So sick. I was so unhealthy on that diet. So I uh-huh. wanted to create like a way to eat that was still fun. I have such a big sweet tooth that I definitely like Me create too. a lot of like fun healthier desserts oh, yeah. for people. So that's a big part of like what I love creating, and I'm working on a um ebook recipe. E-book uh, okay, right
0: now. for sweets or for anything.
1: For so I'm starting with like ten of my personal favorite recipes that I post all the time that people are always asking about. Which is like I have a protein cookie that I make every night. Uh, I have that every night. I have it every single night. It's like my nightcap. It's my ride or wow. die.
0: What's in it? it? I have to know.
1: <laughs> well, that's what's going to be disclosed. <laughs> okay. in the the <laughs> um, but it's got like 30 grams of protein has chocolate chips in it. It's a cookie that I bake in an air fryer for like five minutes and I have oh it no matter gosh. if like I get off work super late and it's 1am. I'm having the cookie. Okay.
0: <laughs> you make a, do you like pre-make them? Do you meal prep them or? Mm-hmm. Oh, you do. Okay. I
1: make them and then I just bake them, uh, um, right before I eat it. So that like the chocolate chips are all warm.
0: Okay. <laughs> so when people come to you, are, do you pretty much help them with anything? Like, Hey, I want to gain weight. I want to lose weight. I want to bulk. I want to cut like whatever it is you help them yeah. with.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I have personal experience with building muscle, uh-huh. losing body fat, And now I'm more of, like, a lifestyle... Okay. ...fitness... Maintaining... ...person. Yeah. I mean, I always have the goals of, like, gaining strength. I just am a goal-oriented person. So whether it's, like, I want to feel strong in the gym, I want to be able to lift heavier, I want to build my shoulders, usually have a goal like that. Um, I don't have a... Goal right now of like losing weight or getting leaner. The only time that I have that goal is if I specifically have like a stage that I want to be ready for and I need to like, you know, be super lean. Be dialed for that, yeah. For that stage process. But otherwise, yes, I take on clients if they want to build muscle, if they want to um, just have a better lifestyle and make better choices and Mm -hmm. be educated on how to have those habits incorp- incorporated into their day-to-day life or yeah. women that do want to lose weight.
0: Do you work with people? Cause I've, I love health and fitness. I've not studied it probably extensively as you, like I've like podcast university to it, like just yeah. listen to things. But kind of what I've found out is it's a lot more than like kind of what you're eating. It has to do with like your body type too, like insulin resistance and stuff like that. Sure, do you kind of yeah. talk to people about like, say if you're someone's like, fairly overweight and they have like an insulin resistant. Are you like not just working with like calories in and out? It's like more catered to the type of calories they're putting in to work with insulin resistant.
1: It does matter. So I know that there is like a lot of conflict, um, and contradictory opinions on calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. And at the base level of things, yes, if you are eating in a surplus Mm -hmm. and you're, um, energy output is more than Mm -hmm. like you're eating. So like, so if you're in a surplus, you'll gain weight or gain muscle, whatever your goal is. Right. And then when you go into a deficit, you're consuming less calories and your energy output is more Mm -hmm. than you're consuming. You will lose weight, like just simple kind of math there. But it does matter, um, especially with different kinds of body types and people Mm -hmm. and like what their body thrives off of. The calories that you're putting in um, because even though um, like the calorie of one Oreo might be the same amount of calories as an ounce of nuts, your body is processing processing them in completely different ways. So at a caloric number level, yes, they're the same. They're equivalent. You're um, in your input is the same, mm-hmm. but how your body is Stores processing it. them right. and the energy involved to break down nuts compared to an Oreo is mm. way different. So you're actually burning more calories by consuming nuts, which have fiber, takes more to chew, digest and everything than if you were to consume an Oreo. Uh, so it's kind of like yeah. the processing is different and it also creates a different insulin response in your body. Okay. So it is important what you're putting into your body. Yep. Um, so, I never say like you can't have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anything, but it does mean that you need to be conscientious of how much of what you're putting okay. in your body. It needs to be. In and you the work workouts.
0: with your clients on these type of things. Yes. Okay. I'm it's not just like, here's your meal plan and here's your workout plan. It's like, what are you, what's your body type? What's your goals? And you do you talk with them. Do you get on the phone? Yes.
1: So we have calls every single week with my clients we okay. go over the week. We go over. Um, you know, the nutrition plan that they are on. I have some clients that like to track calories because they just like to have that mindless idea of, okay, I know how much I'm eating, I know Mm -hmm. that I'm on track, and they like doing that. I have some clients that are like, I do not want to count macros, I do not want to do that. Um, I just want to eat healthy and know what to eat. And so it depends what someone wants to do, but um, yes, I will cater it to whatever the client wants. Mm-hmm. And then we go over uh, their nutrition every week as well as their training program. Talk about, you know, the wins, successes, or sure. uh, things that didn't go well that week, what we can change for next week, and I adjust their programming accordingly. Yep. Um, so that's something that we're constantly working on. Um, and something I'm really passionate about is just helping women's relationship with food. Mm. Um, I think for a lot of women, they can create, and in men too, just create like a negative relationship with food and not having like a healthy understanding yeah. of consumption. And then, you know, cause there's so many eating disorders out there that people are There are. With and,
0: so and a lot of them are tied to like traumatic events that have happened in their lives. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: That's hard. Um, I could probably talk to you a long time about food, but I kind of want to move on to your business aspects of, of everything. Yes. So you have a few different businesses. You got your coaching platform. Where you do nutrition and uh, like fitness training, training programs. Training programs yeah. so there we go. And then you also have a, you were just telling me, a cabin that you have out in Paradise Valley. Yes. So I'm really curious about this. You said we, when you were talking earlier, did you go in, go into it with someone else?
1: I have an older brother that I'm really close with. Okay. And heck yeah. so we're in business nice. together. And we own that lodge together. Okay. Um, so that's something that we started and we did together. Um, and then I'm starting uh, my third business by creating... It's a separate LLC for small weddings out there. Okay. Um, and that's kind of my project and my outlet.
0: You're super recommend. young. I mean, like, you're 24. Yes. Um, like, congrats, because, like, most people at your age are probably just really in debt. Or even me at your <laughs> yeah. age. Like, yeah. I mean, I had money from sales, but I was not investing it. I was spending it on saunas and... <laughs> Like I could write a book like on
1: guilty it. pleasures. On <laughs> Anything
0: I could, I could write a book on what not to spend money on. It's bad, Fair, yeah. but I'm glad I learned it in life. But yeah. so you bought this cabin and you Airbnb it and you're turning it into a wedding venue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you talk about financials? Like, what does that bring in financials? In like, is it? Do you, you don't have to if you don't want to. Like saying numbers or yeah. just
1: like, um, I mean, it's awesome. I will say that this is my first season. Okay, so. I mean, it's like a brand new business, yep. Um, but it did really well, and it's seasonal, so like I'm all about learning, um, like my parents were really good at showing me how to create like passive income, mm. and so for me, I have a passive income from let's say May to October each year. okay um, that's about like my year's salary in that month time frame, mm-hmm. But then, outside of those months, I'm also a personal trainer, mm-hmm. um, and so I do receive like finances from that. Yep. Um, and then I bartend a couple nights a week just mm-hmm. because um, I'm the at that age. The social aspect. Where, yeah, I think it's a really fun social aspect. We For sure. you and I talked a bit about net a bit about networking and how important that is. Mm-hmm. The amount of connections that I've been able to make with people through bartending is sure. fantastic, and it's um, a great way to make extra money for i pretty much invest my money in bartending into like other businesses did you have
0: a phase where you just blew all your money because there's this phase in like the the door to door industry people are making you know for me example i was 23 years old i made you know 100 grand in four months that's amazing of selling pest control door-to-door yeah and there's a lot of people making six seven figures um, eight figures selling door to door sales. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. So there's this thing that's called new money because you take all these stupid young kids and you give them these big checks and they have new money and they don't know what to do with it. So they spend it on cars and trips around the world and mm-hmm. clothes and things like that, which I am hundred percent guilty of. Mm-hmm. Um, I had big lessons to learn because I didn't yeah. come from, I have great parents, but they didn't have money. Um, So like, did you have that phase of just blowing money or like, have you always been good with money?
1: (laughs) I wouldn't even, I'm, I appreciate, uh, that you think I'm good with money. (laughs) I, I think it's in the stage where it actually took me a long time Hmm. to have the income that I'm now receiving. Mm. So for me, I don't think...
0: It didn't just come all It didn't just come where like in four months I made $100,000. dollars right, right.
1: I think if I saw that influx of money and I didn't know what to do with it, 100%. Yeah. With that being said, I am like someone that's really into um, aesthetic things. Like I love investing in clothes, beauty, fitness stuff. Um, Okay. I love food. So like I will go to town with yeah. like traveling and exploring like, oh, like different yeah. restaurants eating and things like that sure. eating out it definitely adds up so um I do make mistakes and like spend too much money in certain areas mm-hmm. however I think that it's been slower for me than just receiving like a that's a huge good point of income yeah. so I think um I've been able to kind of gauge my spending mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. <laughs> it's been slow to come and be like okay like this is how much I have this is the debt I have and then finding ways to make more, which has been, like, mm-hmm. really recent but really fun. Like, probably in the past year. Yep. Um, yeah, I've developed two out of the three businesses that I have. So Nice. That's sweet. Great. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Do you have any um, plans for the future as far as businesses you're starting? Yes. Do you want to say them or not? Yes.
1: <laughs> well, um, something that I have, like, always wanted and I really want to pursue um, is having my own like healthy cafe and eatery mm. based off of my Muscle Missy brand. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that like Bozeman for what it's becoming, like especially for you since you're like from Montana and you left and you came back, you've probably seen how Bozeman has changed. Oh yeah, for so sure. So drastically yep. and the demographic that we have here and the people coming here, I feel like you are getting people from California, the East coast that are more familiar with that. Um, having health, Mm. conscious options everywhere you go or health grocery stores like whole foods and trader joe's and just having all of that access Mm -hmm. so in bozeman we're starting to get a few places that are more more like farm to table and health oriented yeah but a lot of montana food is just like down home good
0: chicken fried steak yeah Yeah, which is so awesome (laughs) don't get me wrong like
1: i'm all for it but i definitely want to create um like a health oriented cafe that's with my sweet. brand with a lot of like the recipes and things that I've developed mm. over the years. Um, so that to me is something that is in the works and that I really see, um, coming in like the next few years.
0: Okay. Full brick and mortar shop with your healthy cafe in
1: there. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. And I want to be able to partner. So like I've partnered with brands through social media, um, through products whether they be beauty products, food products, protein powder, um anything and so I want to create a space where it's like the businesses mm. that I've partnered with and a lot of them are local that I can like showcase mm-hmm. their product in yeah. my cafe as well so it's kind of um also a space where a lot of people that have created like local products that I really believe in and support mm-hmm. that I can sell their product there as well and have that be an open space for them. Love it. Yeah.
0: That's sweet. I know I could probably talk to you for a long time, but I have a couple questions okay. that I wrote that's, down. That's good. I'll try and keep these under an hour. But, um, Oh, do you still do jujitsu?
1: Um, I, I love jujitsu. Yeah. You do. I do. I
0: got into it when I was living in Utah doing sales, and then a little bit in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't done it a ton, but I've I watch it a ton, and I when I did it, I loved it. Do you still do it?
1: Unfortunately, um, just with the process of adulting and all the responsibilities it's one of those things that i have not been able to carve out Mm -hmm. time for along with uh going to the gym for like my regular training and i have not been able to do jiu-jitsu for the past year so i taught kids jiu-jitsu for a couple years and Mm -hmm. i competed in jiu-jitsu but and in the past year i've not been able to do it but i love it my brother is um still doing it and he's a teacher of the martial arts which was your brother Christian Wallace is he very well known? He's um, a big tatted Marine dude. Is he, he Irish? Yes.
0: Okay. I I've um, I went to like a couple trial classes at Montana MMA yeah. and did roll with him there when I was there. So sweet. Yes.
1: Okay. Older brother Christian. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay.
0: Did you guys get into it around the same time? Because I saw a picture. You both were white belts at one point.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. he started before me. He started when he got out of the military um when he was 22 or 23 and then he got me into it probably when after he had been doing it for about two three years okay he wanted me to know some self-defense yeah and so he brought me in and kind of taught me for a bit and then um i taught kids in me there for about a year and a half that's and awesome great yeah so he still does it still loves it i love watching ufc but I just, oh yeah I don't, like physically competing were you
0: destroyed when charles Oliver lost because i was i was shook <laughs> All right. Um, have you ever, are you Natty?
1: <laughs> it's actually a really good question. And I am Okay. when I was 18 and I didn't know much about the industry and yeah. the consequences of taking things. And I just wanted to be as big as possible. Right. I was highly, highly considering it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't at the time was because I was um, an opera singer and I didn't want my mm. vocal cords to change.
0: Because it would do that, the hormones yeah. would do that. So testosterone
1: lowers. Lowers your,
0: oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. Um,
1: that would have been a really bad mistake at 18 years old. But I have never taken any supplements.
0: What so do you I take think. as far as just like protein pre workouts? What, what's your?
1: Um, so I used to take like everything and spend like hundreds of dollars on yeah, supplements, and then there. I realized what a marketing gimmick it is, okay. and you uh-huh. really don't need any supplements to gain muscle. Um, I recommend glutamine. Kay. I recommend protein powder. I recommend... Um,
0: what type of protein? Do you just do like I, I grass-fed whey or what's your I budget? either do
1: grass-fed whey or I really... It, everyone's body is different. I handle like pea protein really well. Yep. So I'll do like pea protein. I love using Four Sigmatic because they've got like a bunch of mushroom oh, yeah. powder in there mm-hmm. and it just tastes really good and works well in all my recipes. But um, basically I take glutamine, multivitamins, omega oils, and I just get all of my food and nutrient and all of my nutrients from food. Mm. So okay. other than just some like sports recovery, I really don't invest too much in supplements.
0: Glutamine, tablet or, or powder. Yeah, or
1: powder. as a powder. Mm-hmm. And creatine is a fun thing to play with if you are building, I recommend it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sweet. And then let's see. I think that's probably most of them. I think the biggest thing that I've seen is consistency. Yeah. Like in door to door sales, you can make a lot of money, but the people that are making the most are the people that have been with the company the longest. And for you, like I was scrolling, but see if I could find like the end of your feed. And like, you've had very professional pictures for a long time, just like consistently posting. So I think that's like the hard thing for most people is like, and for myself for most of my life is just like knowing like, this is going to take a few years Mm -hmm. and you're going to be like nobody or you're not going to be like great for a few years. But then you hit that point where one video goes viral or you, for me, like I get one big guest on that leads to something else. You know what I mean? So I think that's a lot of that consistency. Do you think that's what created a lot of your momentum in life to getting your,
1: Yeah, I honestly think consistency, like you said, with anything Mm -hmm. has the biggest reward. So whether it's consistency with social media and posting, even when you think no one is watching or noticing, Mm -hmm. it adds up and they do. Um, And the same thing with eating well and working out. It's like you only see the benefits if it's something that you actually create a habit doing. Yeah. um, And with work. Like, yeah. I'm sure that you noticed that. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever go back to DoorDale sales?
0: Um, I've got something coming up, yeah.
1: Okay. I haven't told anyone yet, Fair. so. That's exciting. Though.
0: <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah, everyone's gonna, but I'm not gonna say too much, but I've got something coming up, yeah. yeah. Um, last question. What do you think about raw liver? <laughs> I've been consuming so much of Liver King's material lately. Today, I drank three raw eggs. <laughs>
1: wow! Because
0: like my mindset is, you know, are they more? Are the nutrients more bioavailable because they've not been cooked and certain yeah. peptides haven't been able to break down? Yeah. Do you like organ meat and do you like raw meat? Are they better for you? <laughs>
1: um, I actually think that's a really good point. I I do think that like raw organs are extremely beneficial and healthy for you. Okay. I personally can't like stomach raw. Like meat just mm, like that. I okay. take um a supplement. Actually that's incredible. That's like their raw organs. liver and yeah, organs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in encapsulated form. Okay. Yeah. I take that and I think it's amazing. Okay. Um I respect the raw egg thing. Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> I, it was I used brutal. to drink like raw egg whites. Um but um I think It is important to consume things in different forms because, like, even with vegetables and stuff, you are changing the compound Mm -hmm. and how your body digests it, um, breaks down all the nutrients. So I think it is good to eat some things raw, some things cooked, and have that variety for your body.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. I think a lot of people um, wouldn't hire a health coach because it's like, I know how to do it. Just eat less. You know what I mean? But I think there's a lot of people, like, relatives that I have that are very overweight and after even just talking to you I'm like yeah you should probably get a health coach <laughs> not because like you yeah because you need one because like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna reach your goals quicker
1: absolutely for having that so and I think you can always learn something from someone else so even though I'm certified in personal training health coaching I've always enjoyed having a coach because I know that I can learn something from someone else. Mm-hmm. I know that they can help me with my body and realize certain um, aspects of training that I didn't. And so yeah. I think there's always room to grow. So even someone that's educated in nutrition and fitness, I also think having that
0: coaching and accountability is helpful yeah. awesome
1: for them too. So no matter what level you're at, I, I need
0: one. It's I helpful. <laughs> for sure. Sweet. So your Instagram is muscle underscore missy. Yes. Website muscle any other any other places to find um, you?
1: Um, I'm on TikTok. Okay. Missy98. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are my main platforms that I'm
0: consistently on, and you can find me at. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, thank you guys for watching, and love you. Catch you
1: guys later. <laughs>